Today I'll be talking about the second passage of LSAT prep test 49. This is in the reading comprehension section, and I'm not going to read the whole passage on the podcast. I'm just going to step you through how I would attack this passage and talk about my strategies for skimming in this section, which you can take or leave. Just please don't flame me online for doing things in this way. This is what works for me. It's worked for a number of my students with ADHD. I can't say whether or not it'll work for you. This is not a blanket statement that this is the way to do it. This is just how I do it. So hopefully it's helpful. This is what I generally cover with my students in my first session with them to work on reading comprehension. So the big thing that I wanna say about reading comprehension is that I've found, and I later discovered that this is definitely verified by research, but I found that for me, reading through something really quickly and then going back to read more carefully and look for details, I'm actually able to read it more quickly twice with that first initial pass than I am able to read it I mean, I'm able to read it more quickly reading it twice, right? Once quickly and once for more detail than I am just reading it once through for detail. And this, to my surprise, has actually been proven in a number of studies on speed reading, on, on cognition. If you read something through quickly, you will read it more quickly the second time, and then you will have a better understanding and you'll have done it in less time, which is totally counterintuitive, totally weird, but it works. There's reasons that it works. And you can read a lot of a lot of studies about this online if this is something that interests you. If anyone sends me an email, I'll write a blog post about it with rounding up some of the research. But yeah, it's it's interesting stuff. So this passage is about African art classification. And what you should really see as you're doing it. Uh, is, is this first paragraph. I want to talk a little bit about the first paragraph because this is important and they'll do this a lot. They, they, I'll just read it, okay? It says, through the last half century, the techniques used by certain historians of African art for judging the precise tribal origins of African sculptures on the basis of style have been greatly refined. So these, these existing historians of African art judge the tribal origins of sculptures on the basis of their style. Okay, so far so good. However, as one recent critic of the historian's classificatory assumptions has put it, the idea that the distribution of a particular style is necessarily limited to the area populated by one tribe may be, quote, a dreadful oversimplification, a decided falsification of the very life of art in Africa, end quote. So this recent critic doesn't like what these certain historians of African art are saying. And as you read, you're gonna see this passage is expounding the ideas of this recent critic. Okay, the author agrees with the recent critic. He does not agree with the certain historians of African art who are really into classifying these, these sculptures according to their tribal origins. So, it's an example of a passage that's written to explain a, a, or advocate for a certain position. So in this, pair, in this, in this um, passage, what I tell my students to do is to skip the third paragraph. The entire third paragraph is what I like to call a case study. So if you look at it, 
you can see that they're talking about one of these centers of style being located in a particular village called Uri in Burkina Faso. And the whole passage, so you should read the first sentence and you can see that they're talking about the Konate family, this particular family that has a tradition of sculpture production for five neighboring ethnic groups. And so I read that and I think to myself, hey, I think that this whole paragraph is gonna be about this family and this village. And so I look ahead to the end, I kind of scan the paragraph and I see that in the last sentence, they're talking still about this Kunate family of, of sculptors. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but because they're talking about the same family at the end, I know that the whole paragraph is about them. And I also know that this test really likes to ask at least one question about these detailed case study type paragraphs. So you don't actually have to read it. You can go back and read it later. So that's the big advice I tell my students to do before doing this. Um, when, you're, when you're looking at these, there's, there's two ways that the LSAT will make it possible for you to skip. They will either give you a big block of text that's a case study, or they'll kind of give you paragraphs that are smaller case studies where you can kind of read the topic sentence and the end of the paragraph and figure out what it's all about. So I'll talk about that in the next episode about the third passage on prep test 49. But in this one, you don't have to read the third paragraph. But what, so when I see a paragraph that I don't have to read, I go, I skip it, I finish reading the, the passage, and I go straight for the questions that are asking about that third paragraph. And in this case, it's questions nine. It's question nine. So I do that one first. And that's when I read this paragraph. And this question is specifically about the third paragraph. And I'm just going to talk about two answer choices here. You should be able to rule out horizontal incisions, top attachments, and bottom decorations because they don't talk about them. And Remember, you can use control F within the LSAT on test day. So that's a good way to attack these kinds of questions is to do control F for the answer choices and see whether where they're mentioned. But for this question, the sentence where you can answer this question is here in that third paragraph. The Kanate sculptors are able to distinguish the characteristics of the five styles in which they carve and will point to the foliate. That's a good word to look up. Foliate patterns that radiate from the eyes of a Nuna mask or the diamond shaped mouth of many co-masks as characteristics of a particular tribal style. So you should be looking here. They talk about eyes and mouths on these masks. So you should be looking at B and E and the reason B is wrong, a lot of people pick B, it's because they haven't read down through all the answer choices. You always want to be reading through the answer choices. But B, it doesn't talk about eye position. It talks about patterns from around the eye and E, mouth shape. So diamond-shaped mouth, that is what they are talking about really explicitly there. So I moved to question 10. They're asking about the author's primary purpose. Well, I don't like to answer those until last, so I'll look at 11. Passage provides which 
It's most support for which of the following inferences? Well, I like this one because they're asking about the Kanate family and all of the answer choices. So I know that the answer is in this third paragraph again. So I'm gonna take a look at that. And this is a really funny question. And I'm gonna tell you, I, I'm not gonna tell you about the wrong answers. You can figure those out on your own, but let me tell about the right answer here, which is D. I'm gonna tell you how we know, okay? The, we know that this family produces masks for some African ethnic groups other than the Nuna and Co groups, because it tells us in the first sentence that members of the Konate family continue a long tradition of sculpture production, not only for five major neighboring ethnic groups, but in recent times also for the tourist trade. So we know that they produce masks for five ethnic groups, but we only talk in here about two. So we know that they produce masks for other ones. So that's a pretty annoying question. So I wanted to chat about it, but that's what they like to do. They like to be jerks out. And here we go again, question 12, which of the following do they attribute to the Kanate sculptors? Do they talk about the use of non-traditional materials? No, that's nowhere in there. They, they talk about the production of sculptures in several distinct styles that are nonetheless very similar. Yeah, they talk about that. And um, this is a question where I would feel comfortable just clicking that and moving on. That's a really good strategy in reading comp. Click it quickly, flag it if you're not super confident, but you can not read all of the rest of the answer choices if you're feeling pretty good. I like to flag it, come back and read the answer choices later. Um, Let's talk about the other ones real quick because this, this question is a little funny too. Stylistic innovations that have influenced the work of other sculptors. Well, that's not. They would they'd be talking about this real explicitly if it were this, okay? Adoption of a carving style previously used only by members of a different tribe. Uh, we don't, we don't, they don't talk about the carving styles, all right? They're talking about what these masks actually look like. They're not talking about a particular style of carving. Uh, that would be more talking about the mechanics of, of making the mask, not about what the masks actually look like. So we don't know anything about the actual production. Uh, e, introduction of the practice of producing sculptures for neighboring ethnic groups. Eh, we don't know that there could be another family that's older than them. All right, looking at 13, which of the most following most accurately expresses what the authors means by centers of style near the middle of the second paragraph. Well, This one I know has has two funny questions because um, they they have two pretty funny ones here to mess people up. Okay, um, geographical areas in which masks a geographical areas in which masks and similar sculptures are for the most part interchangeable among a number of closely associated tribes who use them. No, that's not it. It's definitely not it. It's just not quite right, and you'll see why because the other ones are so much better. Um, Locations in which works of art are produced by sculptors using a particular style who then instruct other artists throughout large surrounding areas. No, there's no talk about instruction in here. That's why that one's wrong. Uh, C, locations in which stylistically consistent but subtly varied works of art are produced and distributed to ethnically varied surrounding areas. That one looks pretty good. Ethnically varied surrounding areas makes me feel a little uncomfortable, but I'm not sure. But I'm leaning towards this one. 
D, large geographical areas throughout which the various tribes produce works of art that differ subtly among ethnic lines, but are so diff so similar that they are very difficult for outside observers to distinguish from one another. Well, they do talk about this in there, but this isn't what they're talking about. When we talk about a center of style, when they're talking about the center of style, they're actually talking about the physical location where the production is done, um, which E talks about. He talks about locations in which sculptures and similar works of art are traditionally produced by a diverse community of artists. But we're not we're not talking. We don't have anything here about a diverse community of art artists migrating in and out from various tribes. I mean, one of them we're talking about here. This paragraph three is all about one family. So that is why it is C. And just um, for between C and D, don't feel bad. I mean, you should be between those. But uh, the other thing I would say about D as an answer choice is there's a few things. First of all, we don't know. Well, okay, it does say that there are centers of style where workshops produce and distribute art over a large multi-tribal geographic area. Okay, so that's fair. But the problem is we don't know that all of the masks that these tribes are making are similar. It could be that there's a tribe or a family of sculptors in this center of style that's creating masks for tribes where the, where the masks look totally different. Okay, so just because we get one example of two tribes where the masks look similar doesn't mean that there aren't other groups commissioning artwork that can be distinguished tribally by non-experts, right? I mean, the stuff could look totally different. If you've ever looked at African art, I mean, you would know, you would know that that stuff can look very, 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 very different, but there's nothing saying that those really different looking works of art aren't produced by the same workshop. Okay. So, Right, jumping ahead from where they start asking about the detailed questions can really be to your benefit, as you see here, where you're able to answer nine, 11, and I would say even 12 and 13 with just that one paragraph. So I want to take a look again at. Um, Okay, yeah, no, we did 11. So I want to look at 10. I want to look at 7, 8, and 10 now. Uh, let's go back to 7 and take a look. Which of the following most completely and accurately describes the contents of the passage? Well, I, I hate these. I'll always do these last. So let's talk about uh, a, a is right in this one, which is kind of annoying because a lot of the time they'll put the wrong answer in A. It's kind of almost right just to punish you for not reading the other answer choices. So let me tell you about why the other ones are wrong. African art redefined the impact of the commercialization of sculpture and the tourist demand on style. Well, we only hear about tourists once. They're kind of an aside in the third paragraph. There's nothing else in here about tourism. You can even do a control F for tour and see it's not in there at all. So that one's gone. C, characteristics of African sculpture, proportion, composition, color, and technique. Well, if this, if this were a passage about that, it would have like a paragraph kind of on each proportion, composition, culture, color, and technique. And this is not, this is not that. There's a mismatch between what the content is and this here. So style versus technique, the case against historians of African art. Well, that looks pretty good, but that's not right. But let's Let's talk about E for a second. Kanate sculptors, pioneers of the African art trade. We talked about this in the inference question earlier. We don't know that they're pioneers. They could be some Johnny come lately here. Okay. So 
let's get rid of that one. Now let's talk about D style versus technique, the case against historians of African art. We're not talking about style versus techniques here. Our beef with the traditional historians is that they're saying that we should classify art according to the tribe, not according to the centers of style where the tribes may be commissioning work. So it's it's this is not a distinction between style and technique. And you'll see other passages where that the, where those things are actually in in conflict. But this is not right. It's definitely a. Uh, question eight, based on the passage, art historians mentioned in the first sentence of the passage would be most likely to agree with which the following statements. Okay, remember here I said at the beginning that this author has beef with these certain historians of African art. So we're going to look here for a statement that the author of this passage would disagree with. The author would agree, okay, that understanding the nature of centers of style is key to the better classification of African art. Um, B, similarities among African masks can be due to standard techniques used in carving the eyes and mouths of the masks. We don't have enough information here to talk about the reasons for similarities in these different masks. There's not much here. This isn't really relevant. Um, C, some subtly distinguished substyles should not be distinguished from large regional styles. Uh, well, I, I think we don't know anything about how they would feel about this. We, we just know that these art historians like to classify these pieces of art according to their tribal origin. That's all we know about them. It's directly supported in that first paragraph. You shouldn't be looking anywhere else for this. You should just be looking in that first paragraph. And that should get you to E, that the tribal origin of African sculptures is important to their classification. So I hope this helped. Uh, I'm able to do this passage in about six minutes and 30 seconds uh, since I found this technique. Um, I'm a pretty quick reader. Most of my students are able to do this in under eight. So this is a I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the timing too so you can see how the section works together but you can definitely do this comfortably in under eight minutes once you get used to skipping the questions and being really aggressive with how you read so i hope that helps and uh, i'll try to do another one of these later this week uh, if you want to talk send me an email contact at elle -E, like l woods elleSAT.com and i uh, hope to hear from some of you and that this was helpful thanks for listening